Heavenly Father, thank you for the opportunity we have to freedom. Help us never to take it for granted, to gather together, to learn together, to encourage each other as we seek to know you and to follow you. We ask tonight, like we always do, Lord, that you would be pleased to speak to us, to teach us, where necessary to challenge or to correct us, to shape us. We just ask, Lord, that this would be beneficial to us in terms of our growth and relationship with you. Bless our church and these candidates, we pray. We commit them to you and may your will be done, we ask, in the name of Jesus. And everyone said? One other thing I should tell you is that Josh Tan is now engaged. Mm, if you haven't caught up with that. And Daniel and Caitlin are here tonight for the first time with little baby, well, a baby. Is that Olivia? It is? You brought your own child? And she's doing well, apparently, sleeping through. You need to have another one so that you have the other experience as well. Congratulations, guys. It's good to see you. Pastor David Butterfield and Rosemary are back off holidays. I'll be back at work tomorrow. So everybody is home. Oh, and if you haven't heard, my daughter Kate, who was in London, isn't. She's now living in Sydney with her husband, Daniel. So they're looking for a place. You could pray for them to find a place to rent, I guess, for a year or two, and then they want to purchase a house down in Sydney. So both my kids and my grandkids are down in Sydney, which is nice, a bit closer than London. When we pray, the Lord's Prayer, as Liana read it to us, the Lord Jesus instructs us very carefully. It's don't do this, don't go babbling on, and um, don't do it to show off, don't use fancy words. One form of prayer is to get alone in your own closet, your own little quiet room, get alone with God and just have this personal conversation with God, you and him. He knows you and he knows what you need, so you don't have to be fancy or articulate, just real. Uh, There's another form of prayer, which is more the public one, which is where Jesus gives the Lord's Prayer, and we pray corporately, it's our Father, it's give us, forgive us, and, and so on. It's something we pray together. And both dimensions are healthy uh, part of our growth and development. There's another dimension to prayer, which we don't tend to talk too much about, but which is very real. And that's the aspect where prayer is not just about me or us talking. Uh, Prayer is a two-way conversation. Therefore, it also involves an element of listening, being quiet, being silent, of giving God the opportunity to speak to us, which of course implies that God still speaks today. Not all Bible-believing Christians believe that. There are some Bible-believing Christians to place it on a spectrum for you. Uh, Some Bible-believing Christians believe that God has spoken in the past, that his words that he has spoken are recorded in the Bible, and that God speaks to us now only through the Bible. When we read the Bible, God is speaking. When we close the Bible, God is silent. God hasn't said anything in 2,000 years. And he stopped speaking 2,000 years ago. And it's now recorded for us in here. God does not speak outside the Bible, these believers would say. And they become very uncomfortable with anybody who would start saying that God said to me or God gave me a dream or a vision or a prompting or something like that. For them, that's not God. That's something that's somebody else in their life. Going to the other extreme over here, there are Christians 
People who confess Jesus as Lord and Saviour, they say, yep, God gave us the Bible and it's good to read the Bible, but you don't just need the Bible. In fact, you hardly need the Bible. What you need to do is be open to the Spirit and he'll give you dreams and visions and he'll speak to you, give you words of knowledge and prophecies and words of wisdom and so on. It's very experiential and that's God speaking to you. Now, obviously, both of those are extreme and the truth is in the middle. God has spoken to us. In fact, People who are over on this side, you want to be very careful of. Because there's a tendency for these sorts of folk, they're the ones who are prime targets for the evil one to manipulate and to seduce. And they're the ones who go off and form cults or go off and onto extreme tangents in what they believe and so on. And they, become, they can become quite judgmental. Both extremes can become very judgmental. And the reality is the balance is right here in the middle that God has spoken in the past. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. In the past, God spoke to our fathers through the prophets in many ways and at various times. Many ways, many times, God speaks through the prophets to his people. But in these last days, he has spoken to us in the person of his son. It's all recorded for us in scripture. And we, in fact, call the Bible the word of God, the living word of God. Through the Bible, God speaks to us that when we read it, the Spirit of God can bring the passage alive. It can touch us, it can convict us, it can prompt us, correcting us, teaching us, rebuking us, shaping us, training us, all in righteousness, the Scripture says. But it's not the only way that God speaks, because the very book itself says that God does speak to us in other ways. In um, John chapter 16 and verse 13, Jesus said to his disciples, when the spirit of truth comes, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will guide you into all truth. He won't speak on his own. Listen, he will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is to come. There is Jesus saying, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will speak to you. New Testament talks about the spirit of God being within us and the spirit bearing witness with our spirit, children of God, sons of God. You have on the day of Pentecost, the uh, Apostle Peter getting up and quoting the prophet Joel and saying, this is now the age of the spirit and your old men will dream dreams and young men will have visions or the other way around, I always get that mixed up. And it's on your sons and daughters, a spirit of prophecy will be poured out. God will be communicating with you. We can expect that. But that God has primarily spoken to us, as I said, through the scriptures. They are our safety net. So we need to have a balance. And so that's what we're going to talk a little bit about tonight. C.S. Lewis is the one who said, and you would have heard this before, I'm confident. C.S. Lewis. God whispers to us in our pleasures. He speaks to us in our conscience. But he shouts to us in our pain. Pain is God's megaphone, Lewis says, in order to rouse a deaf world. God speaks to us in our pleasures. All of the good things in life that you enjoy, every good gift is from our Father in heaven above. And it's him saying he loves you and he wants to bless you. He speaks to you in your conscience. An infallible guide, but nonetheless, a God-given guide that is given and should be corrected and shaped by the scriptures. But he speaks to us in our conscience at that level. 
but he also uses circumstances, difficult circumstances, to get our attention and to speak to us so that whenever we have a difficulty, whenever something is going wrong in our life, we should be asking, Lord, are you trying to say something to me? Are you trying to get my attention? What is it, Lord, that you want to say to me? And I'm sure you're familiar with a very old story of Samuel in 1 Samuel chapter 3. Remember the young boy Samuel in the temple who didn't yet know the Lord? He was serving in the temple with Eli, who was an older man, and his eyesight was starting to fail, and they went to bed for the night. And the Lord said audibly to a young boy who didn't know him yet, Samuel. Samuel says, here I am. Gets up, runs into Eli's bedroom and says, here I am, you called me. And three times Eli says, no, I didn't call you, go back and lie down. After the third time, it finally dawns on Eli, oh, it's the Lord calling you. Go back and lie down, Samuel, and if he calls you again, then simply say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. It's a great story. And that's in the Old Testament, before the Spirit is given. So God's voice is external. But now in the New Testament, now that Jesus has come, died, risen and returned and has sent the Spirit to us, if you know Jesus, he lives in you by his Spirit. So now if God is going to speak to you, is it going to be on the outside or is it going to be on the inside? It's going to be on the inside where the Spirit of God is. He's going to speak with you at about the same level as your conscience. It's going to be a soft, gentle whisper which in a world of distraction and noise can be difficult to hear. So sometimes God will need to arrange the circumstance of your life in order to get your attention. But God is speaking, and I think speaking all the time. So, to be clear, for the record, the Bible says to us very clearly that God is a God who speaks. You think about that. How has God spoken in the Bible? Just think about it. Shout out your answer. See how far we get. There's dozens of them. How did God speak in the Bible? Through a donkey. Thank you, was it, for sharing that? Yep, through a donkey. How else? Come on. Burning bush. Angels. Prophets. Casting lots. Yerman, Thurman. Miracles. What was that? The fleece, yes. Natural disasters, fires, droughts, miracles, and on and on. And God can use restlessness. You ever been? Big fish. Yep, maybe. Certainly a miracle. Got his attention, I guess. There was a plagues, bad things happening. There's a story of a king who was restless one night and when he woke up, because he couldn't sleep, he asked for the diary to be brought to him and through the reading of the diary God spoke to this king. Remember that story? Book of Esther. God can even use restlessness to get our attention and to speak to us. He can use sickness, he can use blessings, he can use other people. He used Nathan to speak truth into David's life. Uh, the collapse of finances, like in the book of Judges. God's judgment coming. So God can speak in a whole variety of ways. He's the creator. He has variety available to him. We ought not to limit him, like the mistake of our 
brothers and sisters over here is to say God only speaks this way. Well, this book actually says that there's a whole variety of ways that God does speak to us. But having said that, the best way that God speaks to us is through this book. The best way. And it's the best way because it's the clearest. It's the best way because he uses clear, understandable language. And God uses the words of scripture which he has inspired. It's infallible. It has authority. And the scripture is given for all of us. We all come under its authority. We all ought to submit to what it says, its commands, its instructions. We're all to receive its promises and so on. And the book itself indicates to us that there are these other ways that God speaks, which I'll get to in a second. Before I go there, I want us to clearly grasp the best way that God speaks to us is through the book. Therefore, we need to be people of the book, to be reading it, to be reading all of it, not just our favourite bits, not just the New Testament bits, but the whole lot, every bit of it, exposing our minds to what God would say to us. We need to think about it, to ponder it, to apply it, to meditate upon it, to memorise it, and above and beyond all things, to obey it. James chapter 1 says to us, just don't be merely hearers, listeners to the word, to this word, but be doers. Hear it with a view to doing. The Lord Jesus tells a parable about the parable of the four soils, where the first three soils either receive or are not receiving the word in depth in their life. There's a hardened response, there's a shallow response, and there is a distracted, cluttered response. And all of those are inadequate. What we need to be is a committed response that when God speaks, his word comes to us and we absorb it. We study it so that it penetrates deeply into us and it shapes us. We are to be people of the book. Secondly, whilst it is true that God can speak in these other ways, we ought not to neglect this very ordinary, if I call it that, normal way that God speaks to us through the scriptures. We ought not to neglect that in order to crave and to seek after the more spectacular experiences. It certainly is exciting to hear God speak to you. It's thrilling. It's very encouraging. It's stimulating. It's challenging. It's all sorts of lovely experiences. But we ought not to pursue those to the neglect of this. Nor, to be balanced... Nor ought we simply to expose ourselves to scripture and close our minds to any other possibility that God might speak truth into our hearts that he might prompt us. I hope it's your experience that through most times when you come to church, when you hear somebody teaching scripture, I hope that God speaks to you through the preacher, through the songs that we sing, the words of the song that God prompts you. When we have communion, it's a reminder it won't happen every service, but I do hope that in every service you come open and prepared and say, Lord, what do you want to say to me? And it may not come through anything from up front. It might come from a fellowship, conversation, and encouragement afterwards, before or after the service. God's speaking to you, into your life, through another. We should always be open to that. And if we need to be open to that, then we also need to be cautious, discerning, but we also need to be learning. How does God do this well here are the tools for us hearing God speak to us not just through the scriptures but how can we hear God in these other ways well number one it begins with when you're praying and you've read the scriptures 
and you then have your time of adoration and praise and thanksgiving with God and you present to God your petitions, what's on your heart, your intercessions for others, confessing your sins. When you finished talking, before signing off and getting up and leaving, just pause. Lord, is there anything you want to say to me? And listen. And I would encourage you to go through this process of make sure firstly that you have an attitude which is one of submission entirely to him. Lord, whatever you say to me, I will be responsive to it as best I discern that it's you speaking to me. James says to us to submit to God, to resist the evil one, and then God will bless us. He will draw near to us. So if there's any sin, confess it. If there's already something in your life that God has commanded you to do or indicated he wants you to do and you still haven't done it, then do that. Make sure your obedience is up to date. Because our Heavenly Father will not increase, okay, you haven't done that, so how about we try this? He won't do that. He'll wait for you to be obedient to the thing that he has asked you to do. And once you are obedient to that, then he, that will open the door for him to say the next thing that he wants to speak into your life. So submit, confess, make sure your obedience is up to date. Lord, is there anything you want to say to me? And allow God to speak to you in any way that he wants to. We're all different. We have different personalities. Some of us are visual and some of us are more touchy, tactile or whatever. And some of us are more cerebral. And just let God be God. Don't force his hand that it has to be a dream, that it has to be a picture, that it has to be a word, that it has to be a sentence or a button. Just let it happen. And whatever happens, I'd encourage you in your journal, write it down. When I ask the question, Lord, is there anything you want to say to me? These things came immediately to my mind. Write them down. Don't try to analyze them immediately. Just record them. Write them down. Could be a feeling. Could be a prompting. Could be an impression. Could be a picture. Could be a word. Whatever it is, write it down. And through the process of time, you will get, like in our reading in John chapter 10, Jesus says, my sheep know my voice. You will get to know the voice of the shepherd. If you do have that experience, and that would be normal Christianity, it's about a relationship, then whatever God does say to you, once you have discerned that it is God, be very careful about sharing that with other people. Don't share that with other people too soon. Remember Joseph, the story in Genesis where he had a dream and he went out immediately and he shared it with his mum and dad and his brothers and they got very jealous of him. They misunderstood what God was saying to him and he was a little, he was young and enthusiastic and foolish to tell them what God was saying to him. Sometimes God will say things to you that are just for you. You hang on to them. And when the timing is right, the Lord will tell you if you have to share it with anybody else. And let God be the one who confirms that what he's saying to you is, in fact, coming from him. Practice listening. I wonder if you do that. And if not, then I encourage you to experience that in your own quiet times and walk with him. There is a direct link between us being yielded to him, submitting to him, and listening, hearing from him. They do go together. It's this attitude of submission. Lord, is there anything you want to say? I'm listening. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. And let him say what he wants to say, how he wants to say it. 
Well, that's all very good, but how do you know it's God who's speaking to you? What about it could be the devil, because he wants to mislead you? Yep. And sometimes it can be your own self, your own mind. Yeah, of course. So part of the process of growing is you also growing and discerning. And there are processes and steps that you can learn about. God will never speak anything to you which is inconsistent with the scriptures, which is why the the more you know the scriptures, the more discerning you will be. He will never say anything which is out of inconsistent with his character, his will or his purposes. Satan will. God never will. When God speaks to you, it may clash with human wisdom. He may ask you to do something which is quite unnatural, not normal, uh, because he's God and he's stretching you and he wants you to trust him in the process. And the Lord is quite comfortable. If God is speaking to you, and you're cautious about it and you're not sure about it, he doesn't want you to just blindly go do it. He encourages you, instructs you, in fact, test it, discern. Is this the voice of God speaking to me? The Bible talks about go to some other trusted others, some trusted counsellors and say, listen, I think God's been saying this to me. What do you think? Bounce it off somebody else. Check it against the scriptures. Ask God to confirm it in some way. When God speaks to you, he will never gratify your sinful flesh. It'll always be the stretching of faith. It'll always be the submission of ourselves to him. And God will often confirm that what he is saying to us, he'll flood your spirit, your heart with peace. Colossians 3, 15. Let me finish by sharing with you some remarkable verses, which all just happen to be verse 5 in the Gospels. I don't know when I first noticed this, probably over the years I've just accumulated it and now put it together. In, John chapter, in Matthew chapter 17 and verse 5, Matthew 17, there's a story of the transfiguration where Jesus and the, Peter, James and John are up on the mountain and Jesus is transfigured before them and the cloud comes over and there's a voice that comes out of the cloud. And the voice says, This is my son, my beloved son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. The voice of the Father saying to those disciples, listen to him. In Luke chapter 5, verse 5, it's that great story where Jesus is beside the Sea of Galilee and Peter and John and company had been fishing all night and their two boats were there and Jesus wanted to get one of the boats and said, let's launch out into the deep. And Peter objected. In verse 5, Luke 5 verse 5 says, Lord, we fished all night and it didn't work, but because you say so, we will. Because you say so, we will. This is my son, listen to him. Because you say so, Lord, I will. And then John chapter 2 and verse 5 is the wedding in Cana where they run out of wine. Mary comes to Jesus. He says, no, it's not my time. She goes to the servants and she says in verse 5, whatever he says to you, do it. Now you link those up. This is my son, my beloved one. I'm well pleased with him. Listen to him. Listen to his voice. Whatever he says to you, because he says it, do it. And whatever he says, Mary says, do it. There's the challenge for us to be listening and to be obedient and responsive and discerning 
in our ongoing relationship with the Lord Jesus. So that's Matthew, Luke and John. So I thought, I wonder if there's one in Mark. So I went looking through the Gospel of Mark, only at verse 5. Can't break the pattern. Chapter 3 in verse 5. It's the Lord Jesus had said something to this group of people gathered in, in the synagogue and they refused to listen, it says. And he looked around them, distressed and angry at their hardness of hearts. Well, that sort of fits as well. But then so does chapter 13 and verse 5 in Mark, where Jesus gives a warning in which he says, be on the alert, be aware, don't let anyone deceive you. Well, that's good too. That fits with when we're listening to what God is saying through these impressions. The evil one will try to deceive you. He will try to trick you. And so you need to know him, know Jesus, know the scriptures in order that you can be discerning. And if you're not sure, check it. And check it with some wise godly counsellors before saying, God told me to do this. Well, check it out. God doesn't hesitate, doesn't think that's doubt. He thinks that's appropriate. That's exactly what he says in the book. In Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians 5, 1 Corinthians 14, test it. Anyway, God in prayer wants us to be not just talking to him, but listening to him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you've invited us into a living, vital relationship. Like all relationships, communication's two-way. And Lord, we understand this way of us speaking. Could you teach us and help us to grow in the dimension of us listening and responding to what you want to say? Not just us sharing what's on our hearts with you, but us hearing and receiving what's on your heart with us. Lord, speak to us, we pray, for we, your servants, are listening. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.